Bruce Wayne. Sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. You know, you really could be doing more for this city. Your family has a history of philanthropy, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying to reach you. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. Never think about strays. The bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. You a new friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this, too. Hands up! Stay still! How am I part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne. All these years, you lied to me, Alfred. We all have our scars, Bruce. You're still away. He's involved in this? Oh, he's not involved. How do you know? Shepard Delaney! Who are you under there? What are you hiding? Selena, don't throw your life away. Don't worry, honey. I got nine of them. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind. But when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. Justice. The answer is justice. Come on, vengeance. Let's get into some trouble. And welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And on deck for today's episode, I'm Vengeance. The Batman has arrived. It has been unleashed to the world. We're going to talk all things box office. We're going to talk my review of the actual movie in the main event later on. And then towards the end of the show... I'm going to talk about this past weekend's AEW Revolution pay-per-view, which to me was one of the all-time greatest pay-per-views I've ever seen in the history of my 25 years, ladies and gentlemen, this year as a professional wrestling fan. I've got a lot to say about this show. You'll get my thoughts on the very, very tail end. But Batmania is here, folks. Once again, I know we've had Batman a lot throughout the years. But when it comes to a solo Batman movie, I'm not talking about the Zack Snyder stuff because he was just, you know, a little piece of the puzzle in that whole world that that he was trying to create with that. I'm talking it's been a decade since we've last had a solo Batman movie. 
And there's nothing quite like it, including all the marketing, which is a huge part of it, right? That's the whole juggernaut. I think no other movie, including all the amazing stuff that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has brought to us in pop culture, there's nothing quite like the marketing for a Batman movie. From pizza, Little Caesars kind of handled the main portion of that, having their own special like Batman-type pizza, all the toys... The Batman toys are incredible. I was at a Target the other day, and I was like this close to wanting to buy the the Batmobile with the action figure. The little kid inside of me just, you know, I don't I don't really buy stuff like that anymore. You know, I, I get my wrestling figures, but they're all like in the package. It's more for collecting. But this Batman, this Batmobile, I wanted to buy to display, open it up, and you know, just have it on there for people to see uh, whenever they come to my pad. <laughs> like I was this close to it, but I did it. But again, that's how amazing the Batmania is around the world. And everybody took to it. So let's talk about the box office. So as I record this today, on a Tuesday, the opening weekend official numbers for the Batman came in. And let me tell you, because I didn't get to do a pod before this in the lead up to it. My official prediction for this was $110 million. And... Had it come in lower, I would not have been surprised. And had it come in higher, I would be a little surprised. Because I I really wasn't expecting this to do like Spider-Man No Way Home numbers. Like I was never expecting that because A, it's just, um, it's another Batman movie, right? Like it's the start of something again. Um, But there's like, there wasn't anything like new to the table in terms of like hype for it right because you know anytime a batman movie comes up people are going to go see it you know the last one that we got in 2012 with the dark knight rises it was the conclusion to the nolan trilogy so there was a whole like how is it going to end and what are they going to do how, how's the how's that character going to be left off um spider-man no way home had a lot of different factors go into it which ended up turning to this amazing box office juggernaut i think it's number three all time folks I wasn't expecting that. This is just another iteration of the Batman from a different director with a younger actor. Um, and they were, they're kind of a bit established, but again, it's, it's nothing like spectacular, like, Oh wow. Like, and I'm talking more in just like the marketing and the hype for it in terms of box office numbers. We'll get to the movie later. Cause that's a whole different thing. But yeah, even myself, like I was excited for it. But I wasn't like Dark Knight level obsessed where I wanted to know every single thing about it. I was just excited for another Batman movie. Like I think I got as obsessively, you know, hyped for the Dark Knight trilogy as I could get. Like I don't know if I could ever see myself getting more hyped for a series like that again. Including if they did more Batman movies, which we're getting now in 2022. So yeah, to me it was just another Batman movie. Um, but of course all the marketing machine, but with Warner brothers, they were going to do amazing with it. So again, my prediction, 110 million had it come in lower, would not be surprised just because this does look a little darker, not as kid friendly. Um, even though the marketing's there with the toys and all that stuff. Um, and again, it's just the start of it. It's not leading up to anything. It's not an epic conclusion or, or any of that sort. It's not teasing, you know, the way everybody loves cinematic universes and cameos and crossovers and, you know, the whole thing of Spider-Man No Way Home was, was the, the other Spider-Men from the other movies iterations going to come out. We'll get that later this year with Flash. 
where we're going to see Michael Keaton's Batman and Ben Affleck's Batman uh, both appear in that movie. So that's another, you know, topic for another time. So for this Batman, this Matt Reeves directed version, just again, another, just, just another Batman movie. Like I can even be unbiased and say that comes in 134 million officially came out Sunday, 128. They underestimated it a little bit. The numbers came in a bit higher. So 134 million. So people were digging this version of the Batman. I think it's got like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, not the end all be all. Um, audience loved it. I think it scored really high, like in the high 90s. Uh, it's got a cinema score of an A minus. So all around, this is a, you know, it hit all the quadrants, right? It hit the, hit the box office numbers. It hit with critics and it hit with audiences. Um, I work at the movie theaters. Didn't see a lot of people coming out of it saying like, oh, that sucked or anything like that. People were excited about it. Um, they did mention about the length a little bit. Um, you'll get my thoughts on the length uh, later on. Um, as I've been a big component of movies not being too long these days, but there are exceptions to the rules. Um, so that was really the only negative thing I saw out of the Batman coming out this weekend from guests was like, oh, it's, it's so long. Um, yeah, 134 million. Again, we've seen just incredible box office numbers, you know, since the days of the Dark Knight. When the Dark Knight came out, 150 million had been unheard of. So that was a, a, a phenomenon in itself. This number right here is not. It's good in terms of like where we're we're at as a as a nation in terms of like coming out of this pandemic. So it's good on its own right, right? It's the second biggest opening behind Spider Man. So it's a massive success. But where I'm most focused and where, you know, my attention lies was not really how this movie was going to open is really the longevity of it. How much is it going to make in the long run? Are people going to come back to rewatch this? It is a three hour movie. Um, I, on my Twitter, I've had people that have gone to see it multiple times already, but those are like the super diehards and that are like really into it. But I'm curious to those that are waiting on word of mouth that haven't really necessarily come back to the theaters yet. Are they going to? You know, take in this good word of mouth and go check it out on on uh, on a second or third weekend, because uh, this movie's basically by itself for the rest of the month until like I believe the twenty fifth when the new Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum movie comes out. But even then, that movie's not going to do enough to overtake the Batman, at least I think. Um, so it's pretty much got the entire month to itself before the next comic book movie comes out at the beginning of April. Morbius, um, and that'll get the Marvel people. So I think it'll eventually lose by that point. But I think by the time we hit April 1st, I think this movie will have already made a, most of its money. Now, will it have the legs that Spider-Man No Way Home did? And again, Spider-Man had the advantage of having, you know, a longer extended period for for the legs because of the holiday, right? The Christmas and everybody off from work and school. So it had that advantage too. So um, Batman will have the, the spring break crowd, so it'll make its money in between, but is this thing going to last for, you know, eight weeks, just continuously making money? Maybe, you know, Spider-Man's still making money at our theaters, so that's incredible. Um, but what's also kind of working against the Batman is that it's got a 45-day exclusive window before it ends up on digital and, I believe, HBO Max. Uh, that was the deal that uh, that HBO Max worked out with Warner Brothers. Now, remember what they were doing last year, right? They were simultaneously releasing it in theaters and on, on the HBO Max app on the same day. 
now they've given theaters a leverage for 45 days. But again, that's good for us because that uh, movies gen- generally make all of their money during that time anyway. So the only thing that may hurt us is those people that get a hold of news like this and aren't really insiders on how distribution is going. If they start reading up like, well, hey, this thing's going to end up on HBO Max in about 40 days, like there's going to be some people, uh, honestly, that are going to wait and watch it at home. Although I'm a, I'm a huge component of recommending this film highly on the big screen. It's got amazing sound and amazing visuals along with a great story. So you want it, all those three components on the biggest screen possible. Again, of course, if you're comfortable and all that. But I do understand those people that just are still dead set on not going out with crowds and stuff like that. Or even then, just wait and wait until maybe like the third or fourth week and to go see when the crowds start to diminish a little bit for this movie. And then you can go check it out. It won't be as packed. Um, but yeah, $134 million. Again, good, solid opening. Um, I'm happy with it because it went above my expectations. I'm happy to be wrong every once in a while. People were, people were telling me, oh, you were off by this much. I was like, oh, cool. I don't care. Like, it's just, it's just a prediction that I have. Like, I never in my wildest dreams that I think I was going to nail the Spider-Man No Way Home opening. And I didn't. And I was like, that was the coolest thing ever. But every once in a while, I get, I get a little cold on my predictions. And, uh, especially for Batman, who's my favorite character, I'm happy that it, it, it did better than what I projected. That's just better for our business. It's better for the Batman brand. And that's better for the future of this, hopefully, series. And they continue to do more with, with Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson in the role. So, yeah, $134 million. And, again, I'm interested in the longevity. How is it going to do in the second weekend? Is it going to have a massive drop-off? Are people going to wait until it hits streaming and home video after the 45-day mark? Or are you going to have like those people on Twitter that are continuously saying they're going to go back and watch it and for a third or fourth time? I still have only seen it once, you know. But again, you'll get my thoughts in just a bit on that. Um, we're on the road also to WrestleMania, folks. And a little bit of news came out today. Uh, I had mentioned Stone Cold Steve Austin possibly coming back to the ring to do a match. Now it looks like in, that may not be like the full case. It may not be like a straight up wrestling match. So Kevin Owens issued out the challenge last night on Monday Night Raw for the KO show, which is his little talk show segment that he does. And he called out Stone Cold Steve Austin for it. And so even on the graphic that they put on a Monday Night Raw, it says the KO show. So they're not building it as a match. They're building it as a little segment. But this morning on the socials, Stone Cold Steve Austin puts out like a two minute video and it's like this, this video of him driving like his little RV type, uh, vehicle that he has out in his ranch area in the Broken Skull Ranch. And, and it's like this overview shot. He's driving and driving and driving and finally comes to a spot where the camera is focusing on the car parking. Gets out of it, cuts out this promo talking about like how 19 years ago he had his final match against the Rock at WrestleMania 19. And how he went out on his back and it's been eating him up ever since. But that for some for some strange reason after all this time, it's Kevin Owens is the one that's kind of like making him feel a certain way. Like he wants to whip ass one more time. And he accepts Kevin Owens' uh, invitation to WrestleMania 38 for the KO show. But Stoko Steve Austin also throws in there a little bit of uh, mixed signals because he's like, whether it's a match or a brawl or whatever it is, like that he's going to kick Kevin Owens' ass. So 
this could end up being kind of like a little talking segment slash like a little bit of a fight. I don't think it'll be an official match. But we'll see, we'll see Stone Cold Steve Austin get physical at this year's WrestleMania, which is always good. Um, he's come out, you know, in WrestleMania since his retirement in like some capacity. Kind of diminished my hype a little bit on wanting to go actually live to the event because if it was an actual match, like I want to, like if it's going to be like a 15, 20 minute segment where it'll actually be a match, then yeah, I would definitely want to go. But now that I'm thinking this may be like a 10, 15 minute segment, maybe 10 minute segment tops and there'll be a little bit of brawling, but it'll be Austin getting a majority of the offense and then he does his stunner and his beer bash. And you know, I've seen that had it been an actual match. And again, I don't know. It, it may very well be, but at this point, my investment, like seeing the way it's promoted, like, I don't think it's worth buying the ticket to go all the way to WrestleMania. And it's just going to be like this little short segment. Austin comes in, poses for the crowd, talks with Owens for a little bit. It gets into a little mini brawl stunner. Crowd goes home happy. That's not enough for me to drive all the way to Dallas and go to that. <laughs> as as if it were like going to be like an actual match. 20 minutes back and forth. Stone Cold Steve Austin in the trunks and the vest and you know just the old... The way I remember Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, but I'm still excited to see it at WrestleMania. So, there's at least something there to get me hyped for it. Although there's a couple of matches on there that I want to see. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the big news coming out of Monday Night Raw that Stone Cold Steve Austin has accepted Kevin Owens challenge or invitation to the KO show and will be at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, which is going to be a two night stupendous event on April what is it second and third apologize i think i'm getting a little under the weather or it's allergies or something in the air um so excited for that let's take a break here folks when we come back i'm gonna talk my review of the batman from director matt reeves starring robert pattinson zoe kravitz and colin farrell this is palace off the top rope we'll be right back don't panic what do we know panic you have something on your back. Give it all. I can feel him sucking my soul. Speaking. It's the key to finding the treasure. Ah, ah. Please stop. 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 Not it. Not it. Still not it. If I don't get to this island, my friends are born to die. I know somebody that can help us. Oh, yeah. Alan, that man was already unconscious. The Lost City, March 25th, only in theaters. Welcome back to the show in The Lost City. Starring Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock, and a surprise from Brad Pitt. I remember I saw this trailer for the first time a few weeks ago. And when he pops out at the end of it, I was like, I jumped out of my seat. I was like, whoa, wh wh when did this happen? Like, I know he's got a movie coming out later in the summer called Bullet Train, which I'm really looking forward to. The trailer came out for that this week. Go check that out. Um, but when he popped up, I was like, cool. What a fun little like cameo surprise. I don't know how big his role is going to be. And I'm not sure if this movie's gonna be a flat out rom com or if it's more comedy sprinkled in with the romance elements between Bullock and, uh, Tatum. But I'm all in. Uh, it, it, it looks like it's a great alternative. Um, because, you know, basically there's nothing else this month besides the Batman. So it's gonna be nice to have variety as we move forward in the coming weeks. But now it's time, folks. It's time for my review of the Batman. The movie's been out officially almost a week by the time this goes out to you guys for you to listen to. 
So hopefully you've seen it by then. So there'll be some spoilers in this, even though my reviews really don't. I, I really don't like to dive dive deep into spoilers. I like to just give you my overall thoughts. Um, but I will have sprinkled in some spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, a go see it. I highly recommend it on the biggest screen possible in an IMAX if you can. That's the way I saw it. Um, but if not, go check it out on your biggest screen possible. Uh, just visually and, 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 you know, audio wise, this is just one of the best movies to watch on this presentation. Like imagine if we all, like imagine if, let's say we were still deep in this pandemic and they decided to release this movie onto streaming. I don't think it would have the same effect that it's having on everybody that's seen it out in a movie theater. I mean, it's just one, one of those type of movies that you just have to experience on the big screen, even though I'm for all movies being displayed that way even though we're in a new era with streaming and that's just the way it is going forward but for this movie if you can go check it out in a movie theater it'll be on hbo max in 45 days if you absolutely still can stand crowds and being with a lot of people then you know so be it wait for it but i'm just telling you it will not be the same experience it'll look great you know tvs have advanced technology and all that it'll look great but Sound is a big part of this movie, and you won't get that on streaming. But anyways, yes, so this uh, review will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, hit pause, go see the movie, come back, hit play. Or if you don't care about any of that stuff, continue listening. So I hope you like this review. So I'm a huge Batman fan, for those of you that really know me to my core. Like, that is my favorite, one of my favorite pop culture characters, like, in history. You talk about Rocky, that's one of them, and Batman is probably the other one, where they're just like, you see my stuff, you see my collections, it's it's Rocky, it's Batman, it's wrestling, it's all that stuff. So we had the Dark Knight trilogy, which concluded in 2012, and to me that's still like the greatest, like the bar set high for how you do Batman movies, in my opinion. Other people think differently. That's fine. I'm telling you how I feel. To me, I feel I got as excited and hyped and everything that I wanted out of out of a Batman franchise than I did with Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, was The Dark Knight Rises kind of a letdown from The Dark Knight? Yes. And after years going by, I used to like really like cheerleader, be like a huge cheerleader for The Dark Knight Rises. But as the years have gone by, I've revisited it. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. And quite frankly, it's a, it's a very flawed movie. Although I do love the way everything wraps up, right? Because one of the things when you're doing something that has a beginning, middle, and end, it's like, are they going to stick the landing? How are they going to finish it? And I feel Christopher Nolan nailed that. Like the final, I want to say like 45 minutes of that movie is just incredible. And, and the way they ended it was awesome. Um, but overall, the movie is just kind of whatever. But in the lead up to it, I got so hyped and I learned everything that I wanted to know about that movie and that included like plot points and that kind of also ruined the experience for me. So with that being said, it was going to be hard to top The Dark Knight, which to me, I still think it's the greatest. Uh, it's A, the, still the greatest comic book movie ever made and just one of the greatest movies ever made, period. Um, so I got everything that I wanted, right? You know, yes, I enjoy the the Keaton movies for what they are, even though they're bad movies, I can watch rewatch them and you know they're fine. The Schumacher movies are a little bit more fun, but 
But I know they're very bad movies. But again, I can still enjoy those. But I got everything that I wanted with the Dark Knight trilogy. And then we had the, the Zack Snyder stuff, which I've, I've never been a fan of his or his style and his the way he tells his story because he's. I think he's more uh, style over substance, right? He's all about the look of it, you know. You know, you, you look at his movies like Three Hundred and Sucker Punch and. Even like these, uh, the BVS movies and and Man of Steel, like they're all very stylistic. Some of them have good stories, like Man of Steel. It's fine. It, it ain't the best, but it, it's fine for what it is. But I was like, okay, he was going to introduce Batman into this world, and this was like what in 2016 when he brought in Batman into the Superman story. Um, I I was already on a super high from the Dark Knight trilogy, so I was like, oh, okay, you know. He wants to do Batman that's fine, but it's not really like a standalone Batman franchise movie. So I'm like, okay, let's see what he does. Well, what got me excited was that they casted Ben Affleck. And again, if you know me to my core, Ben Affleck is one of my absolute favorite actors of all time. So you combine that with him playing one of my favorite characters in the history of pop culture. I got excited. Now... Did I believe that Snyder was going to deliver a great story and all that stuff? No. But I was excited for what was Ben Affleck going to bring to the role of Batman that could be different from what Christian Bale gave us. Because, again, I, I thought the Dark Knight trilogy was was perfect to me. Yes, there's flaws in it now, but um, but to me it's still like the perfect trilogy. That, like a great story was told with Bruce Wayne in, in, that, uh, in that narrative. So what was Ben Affleck going to bring that was different to it? Well... This uh, version of Batman was very worn out, so he had been Batman for a very long time. Um, if you remember in the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, he wasn't really Batman for a very long time because, again, it was more realistic. It was somebody that couldn't do this forever. Um, the Zack Snyder version it was more fantasy, more like, yes, this guy could be around for, for a very long time doing Batman. So he was very grizzled and older and meaner. Um, and I, and I thought Ben Affleck did a fine job. Like he nailed it. Like in Batman V Superman, like he was excellent. He was the best part of that whole film. I didn't like the movie. Um, but then an ultimate, uh, collector's edition came out, which it was a little bit longer and it was a little bit more fleshed out in story. I enjoyed that cut a little bit more, but still the movie's very flawed and overall not very memorable or like something I like to revisit over and over. But Ben Affleck was good in that movie. And then Zack Snyder was going to do Justice League, and he started working on some version of that. But then personal tragedy struck with him, and he had to leave production. And they brought in Joss Whedon, who did the Avengers movies, the first two ones. And they kind of took it in a different direction. They were like, I think Warner Brothers was like, hey, like, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman were kind of a little too dark for our taste. And, you know, by this time, the MCU is already, like, in full-fledged, like, these are the movies everyone's going to see. They're lighthearted. There's a lot of quips. It's, you know, very colorful and family friendly. Let's do that with this Justice League. Let's let's uh, change course. So that movie gets uh, there's all kinds of stories coming out of production. Like, you know, what what the hell's going on with it? Uh, is it how much of Zack Snyder stuff are they going to use? How much of it is just you know scrapped and they're just going to do something completely new with Joss Whedon? Uh, who knows what the real real story is? But anyways, that movie comes out in 2017. So <laughs> BVS comes out in 2016 and Justice League comes out a year later. So uh, that that's a really quick turnaround. Um, that movie comes out and it bombs financially. 
the movie's just super atrocious. I remember going to a screening of that, and I came out of it super upset. First of all, A, because the movie sucked, but also, like, Ben Affleck's performance in that movie was completely different from what he did in Batman v Superman. And it's like, it was a total, like, what the hell is this? What was going on? Was it, it looked like he just phoned it in. Come to find out later, he was dealing with personal struggles with alcoholism and, and all this stuff. And, and I think, you know, issues with, with his marriage and all that. I think all of that was all piled on during the production of all this. So it was a bad time for him. In hindsight, you can look back and be like, well, okay, I get it. Like, you know, you feel bad for the guy. But in the moment, I was like so pissed. I was like, I don't want to see Batman on screen again. Like, we got the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm fine with it. Put away Batman. I don't care if we get, you know, if we wait another 20 years until we see Batman on the screen again. So then there was these campaigns online for the Zack Snyder cut of this movie, right? Because it was like, you know, the Snyder put out tidbits on Twitter like, oh, no, that's that's not my cut of the movie. My My movie was actually this, and it was way different. And we would put out little teasers here and there. And then throughout the coming years, we would get, um, you know, replies from Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. And they were saying like, oh, yeah, the Snyder Cut, let release that. You know, this hashtag became like this insane obsession online by a lot of the, the diehards. Some of them very toxic, but a lot of them also, you know, good fans. I know a lot of friends who are, you know, interested in this version of the Justice League. So they were campaigning for that. I did. I thought it didn't exist, and then I think during the pandemic, when streaming really started to take over, um, it was announced that HBO Max, which is you know part you know with Warner's and all that stuff, they said that this cut existed and they were going to greenlight it and it was going to be released in 2021. And I was like, huh, okay. So I guess I guess this is a thing, even though additional money was given. To Snyder to either reshoot stuff or add additional footage or touch up stuff, whatever, whatever it is. That movie was not complete. So anyone that tries to tell you like, oh, there was a whole other complete movie done, like, no, I don't believe it. <laughs> they shot a lot of additional stuff. Anyways, that movie comes out 2021, four hour movie. Absolutely way different than what the original Justice League cut was. And it's fine. Like, I liked it. Um, and Ben Affleck's Batman was better portrayed in that movie as opposed to the original Justice League cut, which I actually, I think nobody even calls that the original anymore. It's just like, they call it the Whedon cut and they don't really consider it canon. Now I'm a Batman collector, right? So, and I'm a physical media guy. So I have that Justice League copy on 4k, but it's just because of Batman and it's part, it, it is canon officially. And I know to a lot of people it isn't, but I need to have it there in the collection just because I am Batman. So. Um, that's my explanation for that. So, okay, cool. Like during this whole Snyder thing and during the whole filming of Justice League, there was at some point that there was going to be uh, a solo Batman movie with Ben Affleck attached to it. Like we we're going to get a start of a whole new series. And that got me super excited because damn, I liked Affleck and BVS. I'm totally into that. Give me a, uh, a trilogy of those type of movies with his own world and him dealing with his rogues and and he was going to direct it too and Ben Affleck has shown to be a really good director you know Argo the town he's got Oscars for that stuff so he's very credible as a director and I, I just I think he's also an underrated really good actor so it's a win-win he's going to write direct and act in it 
But again, in hindsight, all that stuff he was going through, now we can look back and see why all of that stuff didn't work out. So we never got that. And was I bummed a little bit? Sure, because I love Affleck and I love what he brings to the table as a director and a writer. And I would have loved to seen his vision for what he thought a Batman movie should be. So they scrap that and they hire uh, Matt Reeves to come along. And I'm like, oh, well, I love this guy. I've loved this guy since he did Cloverfield, which movie I know people love to shit on. But I thought that was a wildly entertaining movie, very um, ahead of its time and very just, you know, people weren't ready for that kind of movie when it came out. Love that. Loved what he did with the Planet of the Apes movies. I think he did part two and three. Did amazing stuff with that. Nice visuals, great storytelling. So I'm like, okay, I'm down for that. He's a good director. I trust that he could probably do something. Who's going to play the Batman? It's not going to be Ben Affleck because he's already, you know, kind of phasing himself out of it. Then they announce Robert Pattinson is going to take over the role. And like, that's an interesting choice. And I'm not one of these people that are like, oh, the guy from Twilight. Oh, this guy, like, no. If you're, if you're one of those people that said that, don't tell me that you're a fan of film or movies because you're not. And I'll say that flat out. This guy has done some major work acting wise in like the independence since the days of Twilight. You know, go watch something like Good Time. Go watch The Lighthouse. He was in Christopher Nolan's Tenet, which I thought he was tremendous in. So this guy has sharpened up his acting skills. So I'm like, okay, let's see what he brings to the table. Let's see what they're going to go for a younger Batman. I'm like, oh, don't do the origin story. Um, Because I think they nailed it in Batman Begins. So I don't really want to see that again. Um, I think my idea for it was like, yeah, let's, if they're going to do a young Batman, just have him like in his early days when he's already like set, I mean, he's already the Batman character, but he's still not figured out. I said, that's an interesting way to go and we haven't seen it. Lo and behold, that's exactly what we got. So let's get to the actual movie now. So here we are, uh, March 2022. This movie was, I think, originally supposed to come out October of last year. But, of course, still in the pandemic, we're still trying to flush out, like, when we can get back to a real normalcy. And I think we're starting to see it now with mass mandates being lifted and all that stuff. So this movie's finally out for the world. And um, it's not the best Batman movie. To me, that's still The Dark Knight. But... I did my rankings a couple of days ago on Facebook. This is number two. What a fine job Matt Reeves did with this iteration of Batman that he gave us. And I'm going to give him total MVP credit on this because if it wasn't for him and everything that he brought visually, audio, storytelling, like this wouldn't have worked. And I appreciated this movie so much for it being totally against the grain. Now, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, and you plan on going, just subvert your expectations because it's not your typical, like, comic book movie. You know, you're not going to get the big bang, like, senseless action scenes, the the quip one-liners that you get in all the Marvel movies now where basically all the characters are the same. They're all sarcastic. And, yes, there's elements of humor in this movie, but this is a very story-driven story from the get-go. Like... It is not trying to be an epic superhero movie. It is just a straight-up crime thriller. And this has been said by a lot of critics and everybody else, But and again, it's the best way to, I guess, compare. So 
Imagine you're seeing a movie like Seven or Zodiac or even like Dennis Villanueva's Prisoners with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Hugh Jackman, which is a very, very awesome like crime drama, like suspense mystery. It's it's told in that way, and the length is too, because there's just a huge story that's being told here with the Riddler and Batman and Gordon and, and uh, Pattinson's uh, Batman after him on the trail on the hunt. It's a it's a murder mystery, cat and mouse type game, pun intended, right? With Zoe Kravitz's Selena Kyle's Catwoman in it. Um, everything was so well crafted here, and again, it's not going to be big, so. Everybody that's complaining like, oh, there's not enough action in it. Okay, whatever. It's not trying to be that. So, you know, if you, if you want that, go freaking watch Ant-Man. Go watch freaking Thor Ragnarok if, if you want all that stuff. Because this thing's not interested in just giving you action scene after action scene for, like, no reason. There is action in this movie, folks. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes, like, it means something. So you get the introduction of Batman in the movie and he has this amazing fight scene with like these thugs that are going after this like just average citizen and the way the way it's filmed and the way Batman is revealed and the fighting's very messy and grungy like I said it's a young Batman but it's a Batman that's not like the movie's cool but like everything that Batman does in this movie is not cool like yet it's not the crisp Batman that we're used to so yes, when he's fighting, he gets punched on, he gets hit from behind, and he's not like all like you know the way we're used to seeing like these superhero movies where the the villain or the the protagonist is just all out like just incredible, and you know they can be fighting like seven opponents, and he's beating them all up at once. Like no, Batman's getting struck here, he gets shot at, but it's 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 awesome, it's different, it's messy. Like he's figuring it out, and I love that because for as great as it was. Like, the character's not even fully fledged out yet. And if it was that good with the first movie, imagine what's going to happen when they do, if they do a part two, which is probably coming, and then they end up doing a third one, which I'm hoping now that this turns into a trilogy. Imagine when Pattinson's character has everything fully fleshed out, the Bruce Wayne part of it, because that was another complaint I saw from people. It's like, oh, like, Bruce Wayne, like, is barely in it and he's not the Bruce Wayne that we come to know him to be the the billionaire playboy and all that stuff. He hasn't figured out that character because Batman is who he is. Like he has to figure out how to play Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Right? That's the difference between all these superheroes is that you know, Tony Stark, that's him. Iron Man is is just the suit. Batman is the opposite. Batman is that's who he is. Bruce Wayne is the character and he doesn't have that figured out yet. So I appreciated that fact. And for those of you that do like to just see the actor in the costume, like 90% of this movie is straight up just Pattinson as Batman. And that was awesome for me. Like, again, it's something I had never seen before. You know, you go back to the Keaton movies, and it's like, man, when's Batman going to show up? Like, when is he going to be in costume? And then you go to the Nolan movies, like, especially Batman Begins, like, he doesn't show up in costume until, like, an hour into it. But, again, that story was more about the story of Bruce Wayne. Um, here, it's a straight-up Batman movie. Like, the first true, like, really Batman movie in the entire narrative. Like, yes, you have your scenes with Penguin or Falcone and Selina Kyle. But, for the most part, it's Batman on the case doing detective shit. 
and it's freaking awesome. And you want to talk about this scene, this movie not having any action. Also, when it gets down to it, when they do have the big action set piece, like the car chase, the Batmobile reveal, holy shit, folks. I saw this in the IMAX. When that car revs up for the first time it's about, as it's about to hunt down Colin Farrell's penguin, who's phenomenal in the movie, by the way. Can't wait for the show. But when that car is revving up, the sound, it hits your soul, man. Like, that's how loud it was. That's how riveting it was. It was frightening, you know, almost like in a Stephen King type of way, which they did uh, get influence from that. Um, that chase scene was also shot practically. So when you see it, like a lot of it was, there's no CGI. It's just basic stunt work. And man, is, is that scene, that action scene alone, even though there's not that many in the movie, is a hell of a lot better than like the 10 action scenes that we get in a usual Marvel movie. Like the final act of Shang-Chi, while I like that movie, like that final act with the action is just, to me is so mindless and senseless. That car chase makes that final act look like, <laughs> like child's play. I'm telling you, when this thing does the action, it, it's purposeful, but it's also done practically and it's shot really well. Like, you want to talk about Oscars for this movie? Forget Best Picture, which, I mean, I think Warner Brothers is going to campaign hard for this movie. But if we're talking like audio, like sound design, mixed design, I forgot how, how they have it settled these days at the Oscars. But it should get nominated for sound. It should get nominated for cinematography. This is one of the best looking Batman movies I've ever seen, or just, just best looking films I've ever seen. Um, it's very well directed. That one's a long shot for Matt Reeves, but if we're talking about like in the moment now and the way like you don't really get that much released <laughs> theatrically anymore. Sure, I would consider him at least in the bubble for best director, but for sure sound, for sure cinematography, uh, best original score, Michael Giacano, um, or Giacchino, sorry, um, holy shit. So I listened to a couple of the tracks that were released before the movie came out, and I believe it was Batman's theme, The Riddler, and Catwoman, and I listened to them. And I, I rarely ever do this because I'm like, I'm a big, huge score person. And I like to see how it plays with the movie. And sometimes the score will jump at you from the get-go. So, like, obviously, they released the Star Wars tracks before the movie. You know the sound of Star Wars, so you get it. It works. But when I listened to these tracks before they were heard in the movie, I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know about this theme. It's kind of, it's just there. It's not bad, but it's kind of, like, also just there. But then we get to the actual movie and the way the score is used and the different versions of it that they use. My God, Chef's Kiss. We've had iconic scores from Danny Elfman now for for Batman, Hans Zimmer for the Dark Knight trilogy, and now add Michael Giacchino for Matt Reeves' The Batman because it's iconic. It's played up heavily in that chase scene with the Penguin. It works with Selena Kyle. The Riddler score is very haunting and frightening. Uh, this is probably, um, it's not as iconic as Joker's performance in The Dark Knight by Heath Ledger, but Paul Dano is a worthy number two as far as like frightening villain, like not imposing like a physical specimen, like a Bane or a Thanos, or, you know, something like that where it's just like, oh, this, this person can kill me to death with like a punch. No, like, 
this was scary real world like psychotic guy like which Paul Dano is is so good in that role again if you've ever seen the movie Prisoners he's in that he's very frightening and just weird and he is in this case he's kind of like the same thing he's just playing with the comic book character title over it so he's good as the Riddler um again they played it more real world I want to say more than like the Nolan movies um just by a slight bit but there there's elements of fantasy in this where you could tell it's still a, a world right that's unlike anything you've ever seen um oh back to the Oscars so production design is probably another one I would put it in the mix for because the look of Gotham just everything the costume design the the suit is magnificent on Pattinson even though this is probably not the final full-fledged suit of what it's gonna look because again this is Batman in year two so he's still figuring it out I hope they don't do any um modifications to that freaking Batmobile because that's just awesome as it is um like I want to invest in buying like a hot toys collectible of it like that's how awesome I thought it was and I don't buy that shit anymore but that car is just it was so well introduced and it was used really well in a pivotal action scene that I I'm just in love with it um as far as ranking of the Batmobiles I'll maybe I'll do that on a future pod but uh it's up there man um who else in the movie was great? Uh, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle was awesome. I, Zoe Kravitz has kind of like grown on me slowly. Uh, I know she's Lenny Kravitz's daughter, so that kind of throws me for a bit. Like, ah, uh, nepotism in Hollywood, and you know she gets all these roles. But you know, in these last couple, like I saw her in Mad Max Fury Road, she was good in that, and I've seen her in a couple of other things. But here, she was really good. Like, it wasn't so over the top. I think I may still prefer Anne Hathaway's version in The Dark Knight Rises. I know everyone still thinks of Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. But again, her performance, I think you like it more for the iconography, like the look of it, more than like what the character actually is. And again, same thing for Keaton. Like, again, I think why you all love those Keaton movies is the iconography of it, the suit, the Batmobile, the look of Catwoman. But I think in Rises, what you saw with Hathaway was more layered and just, you know, different motivations for the character. And you also saw that similarly here with Zoe Kravitz's portrayal. So they're neck and neck for me right now, but I think Hathaway still has a slight edge. But that doesn't mean that Zoe Kravitz is just like, ah, oh, she sucked in the role. No, she was fantastic. Her and Pattinson's like, like sexual tension in the movie, because that's kind of the, the dynamic between Batman and Catwoman, is that it's always there, kind of like a will they or won't they. But there's also like, they can't really get together because sometimes their motivations don't align. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And that's kind of what makes their, their dynamic always like awesome, um, in the movies. And again, you saw it in the, in the Keaton, in the Keaton version, you saw it in the dark Knight trilogy with Bale and Hathaway, even though they do end up together in the end. Um, but yeah, like she did really well. Their chemistry was just unbelievable. Um, there's a scene in the movie where, uh, Selena Kyle is, is going to do some work for Batman. She's going to go undercover and, you know, do some, uh, reconnaissance and she's putting on these contacts, right. That's going to be able to record everything. So that way Batman can see what's going on. And she's like trying to get his attention. Like, you know, Hey, like, uh, I could get hurt and all this and that. And she's kind of like, well, you, you don't really care what's going to happen to me. Do you? (laughs) And again, Pattinson's in the suit, so he's just Batman straight up. She never sees Zoe Kravitz's Selena Kyle never sees they never meet as 
she never meets him as Bruce Wayne. So, in all the other movies, you get that, but here, like, the Selena Kyle only interacts with the Batman. So, anyways, Bale and Bale, freaking Pattinson's Batman goes up to her and he looks at her and he's like, "Hey, look at me." But the way he says it, it's like so, like, holy shit, the sexual tension is there. And the way she looks at him, like, oh man, she, he's gonna tell me like something like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna take care of you," whatever. And it turns into like a, a funny one-liner because he's looking at her contacts, like, "Oh, everything works" or whatever. But it's just the way the performances are, the chemistry is there. That's exactly how you want to see Catwoman and Batman interacting. It's so good. I can't say enough stuff about this movie. Again, it's not the best. It's not one of like the top five maybe comic book movies of all time maybe i have to examine everything it's one of the best batman movies ever not the best that's still the dark knight but this is still just a really really good film on its own even if you take out the comic book elements out of it it's just a really good story um a lot of people have been complaining about the third act of the movie i liked it um it's not big but it's also like oh shit like stuff's going down here it could get really dangerous um and then of course I think the movie has two of the best visual shots I've ever seen represented as far as like making a character look so heroic. There's Batman leading uh, a group of people out of, uh, uh, they're trapped underwater uh, with some stuff. They're at an, uh, at an MS, Madison Square Garden like arena and he's rescuing them from underwater and he's leading them out with a red flare and it's like this, it's just so heroic, right? Because most of the time, like, you get hero shots, but you never get really, like, the hero actually doing stuff, like, with the normal citizens. I don't know. Maybe we have seen it, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I think it's also in the way it's filmed. It's very poetic. It's very visual. So, again, most of the credit, if not, like, 95% of this movie is Matt Reeves. Like, Pattinson's amazing in it, but, you know, the triumph of this iteration of Batman is all in the hands of Matt Reeves. And the second shot is Batman's carrying like this girl. Uh, they're on top of the, the arena, right? Cause it's like sunken underwater. And he's taking her to this stretcher and she's gonna get helicoptered out. And she like doesn't want to let go of him because he's taking care of her. And like he kind of looks at her for a little bit, grabs her hand and like kind of like nods at her like that she's gonna be okay. And like she finally like lets go and like there's this shot of her like you know, being risen up into the helicopter and the shot pans back to Batman and it's looking at him as he's looking up at her and he's all like messy. And again, this, it's, this is not a Batman movie where it's like, we're not here for the cool stuff. Like this is just, it's messy. He doesn't have it all figured out, but he's, he's doing the right thing. And that's another thing I admired about this movie. Like he, he got the, the morality right of the Batman character. Um, did Panson as far as like, you know, Whenever, you know, like Gordon's going to use a gun and Batman's like, don't, uh, no guns or whatever. And Gordon's like, that's your thing, man. Like just little things like that. Like, or, you know, Selena Kyle wanting to go for revenge and he's like, no, that's not going to get you anything. And it's like he, he understands the character. Um, one of my favorite other scenes in the movie, it's a little bit of an action scene, but not for too long is when the cops are chasing Batman to the top of a roof, uh, at the GCPD station. And he flies off, right, like, using, like, this, like, parachute-type suit. Like, it's it's combined into one. And in any other Batman iteration, any other Batman movie, 
he flies away and he does like it's this cool shot of him just flying and escaping, just being the awesome Cape Crusader that he is. Not in this movie. He like misses the mark, crashes completely and burns, and it's like perfect. Like he doesn't he's not that full fledged Batman yet. We're not there yet. We're gonna get there, but the shot is awesome. But I like that this movie's messy and it's not perfect. And not perfect in mean in terms of character and growth. Like he's still learning. So for people that are expecting, like, oh, he he didn't do this as Bruce Wayne or he didn't do that as Batman. It's like, guys, this is the first movie. Like, just wait and trust in Matt Reeves that he's going to tell us a good story arc in hopefully the next two movies. Like, I really hope this turns into a trilogy. Now I know these days nothing ends, and the Nolan thing was a rare thing for it to actually conclude but you know with the uh, critical reception this movie has gotten the box office numbers are tremendous again it opened up to 134 million like i mentioned earlier and it's still banking money during the week and spring breaks coming up so people are going to be out of school and all that stuff they'll go check this out again it's got no competition so it's going to make a chunk of money so looks like we got something here and they've rebooted Batman twice, and they've been successful two times. And that just goes to show you that Batman is still motherfucking king. Okay, folks? You can have your Marvels. You can have your cinematic universes. I'll take my Batman. And I, I like a chunk of the Marvel movies. But I like it when stuff is different. When And I'm not saying this movie's transcended either. But it was different. And I think if you're, if going forward, these are going to be the movies, this, the, you know, the standard barriers in Hollywood, they need to be different. I'm glad this wasn't like a Marvel movie because they could have easily done that. They let Matt Reeves make the movie that he wanted to make and tell the story that he wanted to tell. Even with the way this movie ends, like it could even be a one off because it tells the story that it needed to in this, in this chapter. Doesn't leave it open like, hey, guys, we'll see you in the next movie. Wink, wink, which is what every movie does these days. I'm more interested in telling a full-fledged story. Can a movie stand alone by itself? Like, you can watch The Dark Knight. That, that's a, the brilliance, I think, of The Dark Knight trilogy. Is like These movies are kind of standalone and they're all different, although they do tell this one overall arc. But you can watch them as separate entities. Like, you can watch... Batman Begins and never have to see the other uh, two because it just tells the story of how he became Batman. The Dark Knight you can just watch as a crime epic and it works alone as one movie. Dark Knight Rises, mm, that movie's a little flawed, but um, you can watch it as a solo movie because it tells you everything that you need to know going into it. And it's one story and it ends. The Batman is in that same category. Hopefully in the next one, like, it's completely different and it, it really has nothing to do with the story that happened in the first movie. And it, it can just continue building on Bruce Wayne and the Batman characters and everybody else that survived. The Penguin, uh, which is, he's going to get his own show on HBO Max, so I'm looking forward for that. You know, Zoe Kravitz, Selena Kyle survives. We'll see what happens of her. Alfred um, didn't get to talk a lot of about Andy Serkis as Alfred, but... He's very limited in the movie, and I'm not upset about that because there's a lot of stuff going on, even though it is basically a three-hour movie. But 
there there's stuff to come in future movies between him and Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and Alfred. Like, I'll be interested in that dynamic. It, it's teased here, but there there's more to be desired. And you know, it's not teasing like wink wink, but it's teased as in like okay, like there's something there we can we can return to it later on if we decide to. But overall, the Batman movie, I rate my movies on a one to four scale, like Roger Ebert. So I'm giving this a three and a half. It's not four. It's not perfect, but it's a great story. It's just a great overall movie. Even if you're not a comic book person, because it doesn't play like a comic book movie. It really doesn't plays. It plays as a, as a horror murder mystery movie with comic book characters. And that's kind of what you want, right? You want these movies to jump into genres and elevate it. That's what the dark Knight did. It, it, the Dark Knight is basically just a crime epic, like Heat. It's Heat with Batman characters in it. That's what I freaking love about it is that you can take the comic book element out of it, and it's still a great movie. But the fact that it has those characters in a movie like that and elevates it, it makes it all the more awesome. So I hope you all check it out, and I can't wait for the next chapter. Um, or if we don't get it, at least we got a great one movie out of it, like. I can't wait to revisit this one. I've only seen it once. The rewatchability of it is going to be interesting for me because it is very long and I'm very grumpy these days as far as like movies being so long. So it might be one of those movies where I have to be in the mood for it and I'm absolutely doing nothing. So we'll see. So I think the probably the next time I'm going to see this is whenever I buy it on 4K on home video. But I can wait. Like it's okay. I I, I thought it was really great. And, uh, you know, when a movie gets you thinking about it, like days after you've seen it, and I've seen people still talking about it and, you know, thinking about it and not just saying things like the way you usually get out of Marvel movies where like, oh, that was awesome. That was sick. No, like people are talking about different things like, oh, the way it was shot, the way it was directed, the way it was acted. Like (laughs) we're talking about a comic book movie where you're getting like critiques like this, where you're getting more into the aesthetics of it and not just like the you know just the the how do i want to say like the um the icing right you want to go deep into it you want what's beyond the icing want to dive into that and that's what this movie's doing with a lot of people and they're really enjoying it and that's a rare in hollywood right critics audiences um the money it's a win-win batman knocks it out of the park again you know just when you think he's out he Comes right back at you. Um, that's going to do it for the Batman review. God, I really love that movie. Go check it out, folks. Um, want to talk about a little bit about AEW's Revolution pay-per-view. That was on Sunday. want to talk about it just real quick. Not not too much. Wow, one of, one of the best wrestling pay-per-views I have ever seen in my 25-plus years being a wrestling fan. And... Uh, you know, AEW is just delivering everything that I want out of professional wrestling. So top to bottom, I was interested in basically almost every match on this card. So from the opener of Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston, which was one of Jericho's best matches in a very long time. And that's that Jericho's been around forever, but it was a standout opener. The CM Punk MJF dog holler match was incredible. 
their storyline has been the absolute best thing I've seen in wrestling. Like I, since I can't remember when, it's the best story that's been told. Again, their feud started back in November, and their blow off is barely now here in March. So they took their time with this. They let it build. Great storytelling, great promos, and then of course great matches. They had two matches. So they had the first one on Dynamite, which was a classic. And this one was more to blow it off, so it was more violent. It was very ugly, messy, but uh still a great end to the story. Great match. Tag title match was phenomenal. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley was just everything I love about pro wrestling. One of the best matches of the year. That's probably my candidate right now for best match of the year, even though there's already a couple of them on there. But this one probably jumped to the top of the list. It was bloody. There was grappling. There was brawling. Um, and then, of course, the appearance of freaking William Ringle at the end of it. Just, I haven't popped a lot in wrestling, like out of my, out of my couch for stuff. Uh, basically, CM Punk was the last one, but it, that wasn't even a pop because we all knew it was coming. William Ringle was really out of nowhere. And like, I jumped out of my seat. I remember saying, Oh shit. Like, what, what the hell's going on? So he united them after they beat the shit out of each other. And now they're going to be a team, which I was hoping was going to be the end result out of this feud was that they were going to end up being a team and hopefully form a stable. And now you add in William Regal to the mix. Ooh, boy. Uh, my girl, Dr. Britt Baker, uh, defeated Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Championship with interference. Um, because we all know what's going to happen, folks. Thunder Rosa is going to get her rematch in a steel cage here in San Antonio next Wednesday on Dynamite. I will be there live. Thunder Rosa is probably going to win because it's her hometown. And AEW does the exact opposite of WWE in terms of giving the fans like their hometown hero uh, the nod. So I can see her winning it. But either way, Dr. Britt Baker has been an incredible champion. They just debuted a new belt for the women in AEW, and it, it freaking looks like a real belt now. Not like this little, like, thing, like, I mean, if you see the, the, what it looked like, it's like nothing compared to what it looks like now. Like, it looks like an actual championship belt, and they're probably gonna have her hand it over, not hand it over, but she's gonna lose it to Thunder Rosa. And, I mean, I'll be happy either way, because I, I like both of these women, but, you know, Britt Baker is probably my favorite female right now in all of pro wrestling. Uh, and just overall top favorite wrestler, period. Uh, the main event was good with Adam Cole and Hangman Page, another great main event title match, back and forth. Um, just so much. It was, it was about a four hour pay per view. And usually this stuff drags out in wrestling. Like WWE has shortened their stuff throughout the years, uh, with the start of the pandemic because they used to do really long pay per view shows and it would, it would drag out and just be boring. But now that they've shortened it, it's still not as intriguing. But AEW does longer shows. But they give you better storytelling and better matches. So you kind of like don't really look at your watch when you're when you're viewing this stuff. So you're, you're invested. You're into it. And by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, that's it. It's over. Like, I, th- I thought this thing just started. So they delivered uh, just an incredible pay-per-view. They've been on fire ever since, like, the arrival of CM Punk, and I don't want to put it all on him, but he's a major reason why this company has really stepped up and and uh, in the quality of its shows, its pay per views, just everything about AEW is just incredible. Um, and I can't wait to see that they'll, they'll be here in San Antonio for the first time 
next week for the with their Dynamite show. So can't wait to see that live. Uh, I hope to get to see CM Punk live and Brian Danielson. Last time I went to AEW, they weren't there yet. So I hope they're they're around uh, this upcoming week. Even though they got a huge roster, like CM Punk wasn't on the show this week, but I'm sure he was recovering from the dog collar match. So I'm hope I'm hoping to see him back next week. So <laughs> here's hoping, right? Um, but yeah, top to bottom, AEW is the best right now in wrestling. We're on the also on the road to WrestleMania, which I'm I'm sure I'll get excited about as we get closer to uh, the event, which is coming in the next couple of weeks. It's on April second and third, I believe. Uh, Two night event. But right now, AEW, man, is just hitting on all cylinders. It's giving me everything that I want. You know, WWE at this point, it's just, uh, to me, it's just, it's, that's the alternative where it's like, it's just there. Be on. They have, they have some good stuff, but for the most part, it's not like fully fledged like the way AEW is. Like, I'm watching their show from start to finish. I rarely fast forward anything. I'm invested in all the storylines. Do they hit it out of the park with every single thing? No, they don't, but, for the most part, like they they uh, they know how to change course if something isn't working, and um, that's all you can ask for as a fan is that they they just deliver quality television. Like they're trying every week, every week they're going all out to just to give you a good show. That's the way it should be. They're not coasting. That's what WWE does a lot of the time. They coast. But um, yeah, AEW Revolution, great pay per view. Can't wait to buy that. That's going to be a must buy on home video. But again. Aren't that many physical media collectors out there like myself. We're a rare kind these days, so, um, yeah. But let's take a break. Uh, I got one more segment planned. This one's impromptu. I'm going to bring on Abraham Tedavino. We're going to talk NFL. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Big news. Just teasing it. We'll talk about it now, but we'll take one more break. We come back with Abraham. We'll, we'll talk about all that NFL stuff. Uh, this is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Got Abraham Trevino on the line. We got a lot of stuff to talk about NFL-wise. What's going on, buddy? What's up? But before we get to NFL, I do have to ask your opinion, though. Uh, this is the Batman podcast episode, so I need to know what your thoughts were mm-hmm. on the new movie for Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson. What do you think? Great movie. Um, I... And the, the, I, th- I think this movie was a lot better than the Dark Knight series. Uh, All of it? I think, oh, well. That's a hot take. No, 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 no. Not, not after the, the first one was good. The, are you talking about Rises, movies, the yeah, last yeah. one? Yes. I'll give you that. Yes. But you're, but not the Dark Knight with the Joker, right? No, not that one. No. Okay. Okay. Not Just that one. to make sure. Okay. The, the other two. Um, but uh yeah i thought this one was really good it was it was him being like a detec- a, a detective like they yeah. kind of went uh the old the old comic way where he is an actual detective i like it because he was you know not about like showing his gadgets and shit like that it was actually him like 
you know, being a problem solver yeah, was, with the riddles. It was him using his brain more than like, yeah, it was more about and, the brains than the gadgets. And he, and, and, you know, and then it's him outside of his Batman suit, you know, like it didn't go into too much of him being Bruce Wayne. I, right. I feel like that'll probably be in part two where he's like having to redevelop you know, more. Right. Yeah. So, um, but, I thought it was great, an overall great movie. Uh, Paul Dano, or Dano, as the Riddler, I I thought he was great. Um, I mean, you got I know on the Batman and Robin one where you had Jim Carrey, he was kind of, Jim Carrey was the funny Riddler, right? And and this one, uh, he was you know like the actual like you know serious Riddler. You know, um, he didn't do that laugh or whatever, yeah. or that hair color and all that. He so wasn't that goofy. was great. Yeah, he wasn't goofy. Other the other one that I liked was the penguin. Oh yeah. That one yeah, that yes. Stella more, really good like a mobster. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping the the shows like that, Mobster, Underground, the right. just the Gotham like corruption and all that stuff going I mean Colin Farrell was just I think he stole I don't want to say he stole the movie, but he every every scene he was in was electric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was yeah definitely good on that one. Um, I like Catwoman too. Cause yeah, uh, she was I mean, good. She was good. Um, uh, I want to say maybe a better Catwoman than Michelle Pfeiffer, maybe. But okay. I don't okay. think maybe, not Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, I think, did a good job. Yeah. To me, I think or, she's still number one. But not to say like yeah. that Zoe Kravitz wasn't good because she was. But no, she they're was like neck and neck. But I think Hathaway yeah. to me is still my favorite. Uh, did Definitely. you think the movie was too long, or did it feel like it? It, it yeah, it, you felt it. But it was never like you not boring, it. right? If that makes sense, like a movie could be long, but also like still engaging. Like The Godfather's three hours, but I can sit through that, like you know, and not be like bored or anything. But I no, know. I wasn't. I wasn't bored in this one. No, it yeah. was. I I was like freaking the whole time, just like hell yeah, you know. Um, also. Uh, uh, I was going to ask you, so do you know that part? Um, it's after, towards the end, where they were at the uh, the stadium, right? The, yeah. Uh, New York, the, okay, so I have to ask because I'm getting, like, different, like, answers here. So in the jail or the Arkham cell, uh-huh. so there's Paul Dano, his character, and the person talking to him, is that Two-Face or is that Joker? And, and people are telling me that it's Two Face, and then I heard somebody else tell me it's the Joker from like the Arkham games. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the Joker because it was really on the nose with like, I think he says clown, and then obviously the laugh. I rolled my eyes at that scene because I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I mean, if you're going to have him in the series, like, that's fine, but there's so many different rogues of Batman villains you can choose to do with this new series. Like, do yeah. something different. Like, you could have Joker be a part of it, maybe like, in the next movie, Batman's dealing with something and the Joker's like a little side story, you know, like just, but not like the main antagonist. So right. but when I saw that, I was like, oh, I hope like that wasn't like studio interference, like saying like, oh, come on, you gotta, you gotta throw in the Joker in there somehow. Um, right. But if it's Matt Reeves that put that in there, then he probably put it in there for a reason. And at this moment, like I can't like not trust him because I think he's, a fantastic director and he's done so many great things with all these other different movies he's done, including this one. So if it was him, 
awesome. I'll trust this. I'll wait and see what he does with it. But if it was like a studio thing, then like, oh, like I, I don't like that at all. But either way, I rolled my eyes. I thought it was just whatever. It didn't fit what was going on in that movie. Yeah, that's true. What did you think about the uh, the Batmobile? Oh my I god! Heard, did so so real quick that that scene with the penguin? I got chills. Oh yeah, yeah, you for know, sure. Like, yeah. So I saw it in IMAX, and when it's revving up, like you could hear everything like rattle like even like your like my bones were rattling like that's how loud it and intense it was and then obviously the chase was incredible because it was all done like for the most part practically so there was no cgi um yeah and then the score was incredible like the music was just so good um right the guy was it michael giacchino that's the composer's name that score was just incredible like that's it's already iconic like uh, I mean, even to this day, like I'm still humming it. Like every little chance I get, it's become just as iconic as the Elfman theme and the Hans Zimmer for the Dark Knight. Like Batman has like really good themes, so that helped it a lot. But man, that Batmobile! Yeah, I haven't bought toys like of the Batmobile since I was a kid. I saw one at Target of the of that new Batmobile. I'm like, man, I wanted to buy it. Like, cause it, I thought it was so cool. But yeah. I think I'll wait to buy like the actual like Hot Toys collectible if they ever make one. Which I, they probably will. But yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. What do you think? Yeah, oh yeah, it was it was great, and I, I'm glad that they went like with that style, that body style. Yeah, just, um, and I hope they don't I mean, upgrade I think, it either because it's. I think it's good as it is. Just yeah, leave it, leave it alone. Uh, I, I his bike, I like the bike too. They didn't the bike go. Was awesome. um, yeah, I can't remember uh, what. Oh, the bike in in uh, uh, Batman and Robin, the George Clooney one, uh-huh. or Robin's bike. I didn't, I didn't like that, you know. Uh-huh. But when they keep it simple like that, it looks good. Yeah, you know, like like the bike, and then Catwoman too with her on the bike. I'm glad they didn't put her in a like in a Volkswagen like they did Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, like that, that, but like that at the end with that bike scene, that was like that was great, that was good. Yeah. The Batmobile, I, yeah, I loved it. Um, I just like that it was like, very different. Like it was just it was the way I tell people, like, hey, like don't go into it thinking it's like your typical like comic book movie. Like it's it's really not interested in like the high stakes or like end of the world yeah. type stuff. It's just a very like into a personal story and it's just like a it's a cat and mouse game like for the whole three hours right yeah um i i like i also like this alfred this offer was good uh jeremy irons was good as well yeah he wasn't that bad of a bad of an alfred i'm sorry alfred yeah they've nailed it the last three alfreds and uh i mean obviously there wasn't that much in this one but again it's the first movie so like a lot of people were complaining like oh like uh, not enough interaction with Bruce and Alfred. I was like, okay, cool. Like it's the beginning of it. Like, well, if it, if it was already this good in the first movie, just wait until like wait until Batman. This Batman is actually fleshed out. Like it's gonna be right. even more awesome. Um, and even when Pattinson, he's gonna nail down the Bruce Wayne, and it's gonna be just it may be better than Bale's uh, by the time we're done with it. But who knows? But it's got definitely got me excited again for more Batman movies, which. I mean, I was excited for this one in the lead up to it, like, but it wasn't like I need like a whole new series of this. But now I'm like reinvigorated, like I want a trilogy, uh, hopefully from yeah. from from this director and Pattinson, and see what they do with it. 
And I don't need it to connect to Justice League or whatever. Like, just have it be its own standalone series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, 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 none of that. Uh, Yeah, it'd be great if they just, yeah, made him like a a series, like you said. And and going back to what you said about Bell, I was was telling – I was telling people at work that that I think Christian Bell is a good Bruce Wayne, yeah. and I think Pattinson's a good Batman. Like, but I mean, you know, right now we'll, we'll, the next movie we'll see how he does with with Bruce Wayne, yeah, as far as Pattinson. But Chris, Christian Bell's Bruce Wayne was good. I liked it. Yeah, he was good as Bruce Wayne. Well, that that series was more focused. It was more about Bruce Wayne that that narrative of Nolan yeah, was. was trying to tell. So. I think this one, Matt Reeves is really going to try to focus it more actually on the Batman aspect of it, which is awesome. Cause again, like for those of you that haven't seen it, like Batman is basically in the entire movie, which that's yeah. never been done before. Cause it's always like in bits and pieces. Like remember the Keaton yeah. movies? Like it's like, man, what's going on? Like let's get Michael Keaton in the suit. What's going, what are we waiting here? Uh, but here it's like right from the get go, he's, he's in the suit. And then the whole chunk of it is, is him just solving the, the mystery in in uh, in costume, so that was awesome. Yeah, let me let me ask uh, one more thing. Uh, and this this one was like, I was like, I got on the edge of my seat when this when this happened. The scene, the subway subway scene with the thugs. Oh, the you first know, they're, appearance. They're, yeah. Yes. Oh man, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And freaking, he just walks out into the from the dark. Yeah, <laughs> and it was scary then, too. It wasn't like yeah. I mean, that's what I liked about this director, too, is that he brought elements of horror to it. Because, I mean, obviously, the, the Riddler was scary. Uh, oh, yeah. The introduction of the Batmobile was scary because, like, the that engine revving was just like, oh, shit, like, what's 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 going to happen here? And then, obviously, the introduction of Batman was just, like, from the, sh- from the shadows or he is the shadows, whatever. Uh, that yeah. was done really well. And people complaining, like, oh, like, there's not enough action in it, but when there is action in the movie, it's like way better than a ton of the other stuff that you usually see where it's like all CGI filled. Like at least this action, when they show you, like it's practical, like it's Batman fighting off thugs in the rain in in a wide shot. Like it's, it's messy. Like Batman's getting shot at and punched. So like, you know, he, he's not like the cool Batman yet where he's just, he can fend off like seven people at once without getting like hurt or whatever. So that, that was awesome. And then even, even the third act was pretty, it looked pretty practical, like with the city underwater. Like, it didn't look CGI. Like, especially like in the final shots. Like, I was like, did they, did they really fill the city there up with water in certain parts? Like, I don't know. It looked real enough to me. Right. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it, it was just shot really well. Like, it looked awesome. It sounded awesome. Um, people are talking about like how, you know, why didn't Spider Man get nominated for best movie? Like. No offense to that movie, but this movie would be more worthy of being nominated for Oscars. Like, just it was that like well directed in every, every aspect. Right. Uh, any final thoughts on the Batman before we get to the NFL? Uh, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, that's for sure. But other than that, I mean, really good. Um, I was excited for Flash, but that won't be till next June now. <laughs> Because I was gonna have well, Michael I mean, Keaton's return. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? I, I was looking for the Black Adam. Looking forward to that. And they pushed that one in October, and then I think you still get you get Shazam. Shazam. November. In in December is actually gonna go up against December. Avatar two. Um, okay, and then uh, but you get Aquaman in March. Uh, right, and then it's 
Flash, and then Flash in, June? in June, next June. So we're like more than a year away. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. And that was so, because that was actually coming out, what, December, right? The Flash? Um, No, that, that would have been that November. A, that was November? Yeah. I freaking, do you know why they pushed him? Um, my guess is like, cause this is the only thing I can think of. Cause somebody was telling me like, oh, well, there's, pro- there was probably stuff missing on Flash and Aquaman. But it's like, why, why did they push Black Adam then? What I'm thinking, this is my theory, and it could be completely wrong. I think Black Adam probably didn't test well. And they probably, re- they're probably reshooting stuff. And they're going to move it. That's why they moved it to October. But then if you had Black Adam that close in October and then the the Flash would have been in November, you can't have them that close together. They're going to, you know, the audiences are going to like cross over and you won't get the best money for your movie. So you move those. And then also I can see like since the Batman was a big success, like we really didn't know how this movie was going to do. And now that we know like it's actually something people were into and everybody liked. Uh, maybe we can wait another year to do another like Batman like related project and save it and, and it'll make more money next year as opposed to like, oh, we just saw Batman in March and now we're going to see it again in November. I can see yeah. from that aspect, moving it to next summer is a better opportunity for it to make more money. But that's my theory. I think it has to do with Black Adam, but that's just Black me. Adam. Uh, real quick, Robert, I want to ask you this. Um, so you know how Marvel does like their standalone movies yeah. and then they always have something at the end, like an ending credit scene where it leads, like it ties them into different, you know, eventually leading up to Avengers. Uh-huh. Do you see DC doing something similar? Like I that? don't know. Uh, after the Batman came out, I think one of the Warners people said like, we're actually going to focus more on quality getting good directors and just making like good movies like they didn't really mention anything about like universes or whatever what however that deals with the flash i don't know um but that was their statement after batman came out to be successful so but also warner brothers is about to merge with discovery so they're about to get like a whole new set of leadership so i don't know what their priorities are going to be Maybe they want a shared universe right. or whatever. But I would not mess with Matt Reeves' Batman. Like, let that do its own thing and let it cook. Yeah. If you want to have multiple Batman, like, yeah. cool. Whatever. But th- those are my thoughts on that. Okay, because I was going to ask if you think that they would... Because I know in, with this Justice League that came out, the one that Josh... No, not Josh Whedon. Um... Forget about the Snyder Cut. Let it Snyder. die. Let it die. Okay, but no, no, no. I'm saying, would they introduce Darkseid? Kind of like a Thanos. I, I Maybe, but that would be like years down the line if they're going to do that. I don't think they're gonna, they'll are gonna. they do it right away. I think they're going to focus on just getting these characters good movies. Like, I know the Flash is going to have these Bat, uh, like Keaton and Affleck in it, but hopefully it's just a good Flash movie. The Aquaman movie, hopefully it's just a good Aquaman movie and it's not like, oh, does it connect to this or whatever? Like, just have it be a good movie. Like, it could be in the right. same universe, but it don't have it, like, be specifically tied to having to connect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's where the focus is going to be, hopefully. Because it doesn't have to be like Marvel. It really doesn't. No. 
Like that's what I loved coming out of the Batman. Like as much as I love just the character in itself and it's my favorite is the fact that it was different. It wasn't like a Marvel movie. It was the complete right. opposite. So I think Warners can be different in that aspect. And that's good for them. There's different ways to to do these movies. Right. Yeah. You ready for NFL? I'm ready. Oh man. A lot of trades in the last couple of days. One coming back to back after the other, the second one being a blockbuster. But let's go down the line here, Abe. First one is Rogers re or is it re-signing or extending with the Packers? Forgot what it is. Extending. Extending. Four year, what's the number? Two hundred million. Woo boy. So, so it's safe to say I that I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna retire a Packer. Because I think whether yeah. or not he wins a championship in this four years, I think he's done either way. Uh, I think it's what fifty million now. I think he set the new quarterback market. I think which it's fifty is, million a year. Which is weird though, because wasn't that like the Mahomes deal like half a billion or something like that? I, I never, I don't, I'm not the best with like contract and numbers, but wasn't like his number like so astronomically like ridiculous? Yeah, his know. his wasn't wasn't okay. So Mahomes wasn't his a, a ten year. Oh, it was ten year. Okay, all right. So it was longer. Okay, yeah, that's my bad. I longer, thought it was like a shorter contract. No, yeah, no. Mahomes was a ten year. Okay, ten year three three hundred and forty million. Gotcha. So, what are your thoughts on Roger staying? And does uh, what's your outlook on the Packers for twenty twenty two this year? So. Um, they franchise tagged, uh, Devontae Adams. Right. Uh, I think they said with that, I mean, yeah, he's franchised, but I think they're going to try to work out. I don't know what kind of money they're going to have as far as salary cap boys. Yeah. But I do know that they're going to lose. I think it's like Zedarius Smith, uh-huh. which is their linebacker. Um, so he's going to have to get released or get cut. Um, I felt like I felt like Rogers kind of did it for the money. I want to say. Uh, well, because, it I mean, looks that know, way now. <laughs> yeah, but, but I don't know if you I don't know if you read like leading up to the signing where there you know there were there was reports saying that Green Bay is is getting ready to offer Rogers like stupid money, pretty much, um, or they were going to do anything that they can to get him to sign and stay. Mm-hmm. And which is which is funny because last year we were you and I were talking about. Uh, during training camp where like where all the stuff you know all the stuff happening with him like he's upset with the organization that they're not doing anything to get him some weapons and this and that so we well I thought you know hey he's gone after this year like this was going to be like a, a show me the money type where he was going to put up numbers he won mm-hmm. the MVP so uh, for him to stay I I don't I don't agree I mean I don't I don't know I don't know if I mean that's good for him that he's going to stay in Green Bay for his career, but I think he, I mean he did it for the money, and I think it was to where this was money that you can't pass up. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he was going to get this anywhere else. Um, I think they're going to be a force to reckon. Uh, I I don't know if they'll make it to the Super Bowl though. Um, they'll definitely have an easy road to get to the Super Bowl because they, they'll win the NFC North. They'll, right. if they have a good enough record, they'll get a buy in the playoffs and will maybe I, only have I to play two games, depending on what happens with the Rams. 
Well, let, let me let me rephrase that. If they do make it to the Super Bowl, I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl because don't forget the AFC, especially the AFC West, piled up, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But going back to this Rodgers, um, if they do make it to the Super Bowl, they, they won't win it. Um, but it all, de- it all depends on what they do in free agency, what they do in the draft, because they're going to lose some key players on defense. Right. Like I just said right now, Zadarius Smith, and probably the brother Preston Smith might have to get cut in order to keep Devontae Adams because I don't think he'll stay with that tag, yeah. that franchise tag. Like you're going to have to work some kind of deal out. I think he they may are. Takes, he may he may take a discount uh, just because of the fact he wants to play with Rodgers. Maybe. But, um, I mean, now you have the running back. Uh, what's his name? Aaron? No. Who's the running back? Is it Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, there you go. So he signed because he signed last year yeah. in the offseason. So, you know, the offense is pretty much intact. Um, so, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, you still have uh, uh, the head coach. I can't I always forget his name. It's Matt LeFleur. You know the head coach's name? What's his name? Matt, Matt LeFleur. Yeah, so, I mean, like, like I said, you know, they, they may make it to the Super Bowl, but they won't win it. Right. I think for Rodgers, like, it, it's still for his, like, ego, I guess. It's good enough for him, like, to win the NFC North, put up good numbers, possibly maybe get a, what would it be, the third straight MVP if he plays lights out again. I think he's good with that. I think the pressure would have been too high on him, like, for himself. Because you think about it, Stafford just did it going to a new team winning the Super Bowl. Tom Brady just did it the year before. Like the right. pressure would just be too high, I think. Right. I don't think he'd be honestly. I don't think hey, he'd be able to handle quick, it. Real, real quick, Robert. Do you think the reason why he stayed in the NFC was because what happened or what's been happening on the AFC side? Like, do you think it would be too much like competition, like to where he probably wouldn't succeed? So it's a better chance because the NFC doesn't have Brady anymore. Yeah, or Breeze, so, or, or or Breeze, or Winston. Or now, and now um, Russell Wilson, <laughs> right? And then you don't have uh, um, Deshaun Watson still, and oh no, that's AFC. Sorry, uh, and then Dak is a piece of yeah. shit. So I don't really. Put well, like I said, they have a they have an easy division, and I said they'll have a they'll have a better shot because we'll, they'll they'll be in the playoffs. We all know that. So oh, yeah. I I right. think you have to think of it like also kind of like a works smarter, not harder kind of thing. Uh, so I think he knows like how he can get his team to that to that uh spot but whether they can overcome the hill of getting to a super bowl and winning one is you know that's where right. you that's where you took the risk to stay there as opposed to go going to another team with more weapons like a denver and we could transition to what the next big story was and that came like not even that much longer after rodgers announced his re-signing is that seattle trading russell wilson to the Denver Broncos. I got super excited when you texted me about this. Um, what are what are the Seahawks getting in return for this trade? It was uh two ones, uh two twos, a, and a three, fifth, right? And a fifth. No, yes, a fifth. And then they got Drew Locke and Noah Fant. <laughs> Drew Locke. Check this out. Check check this out, Robert. Check this out. Okay, so during that time of the draft, um, Denver had the chance to get Russell Wilson because he got selected in the third round. Right. So they selected uh, 
fuck, what is that guy's Brock name? Osweiler? Uh, Brock Osweiler. They drafted him before Russell Wilson, and it would have only costed you at that time. So, but the moral of this was you over, well, not overpaid, but you had to pay a pretty penny in order to get him now. Right. When you could have gotten him in the third round back in the draft 10 years ago. That's fine, so, but we also didn't know what Russell Wilson was going to be, so... Um, oh, what? Did you not watch him in Nebraska? He was freaking... Yeah, was, but hindsight is whatever. Like, you know, nobody said, said this about Mahomes. Like, Mahomes kind of went drafted, like, kind of like whatever. So did Rodgers. Like, you just never know with these guys when they're going to pop. This, this is huge. And I and I think I asked you on this one, like, who won that trade? And you said Denver. And I For do, sure. Whoever gets the star quarterback wins. Yeah, and he's got more well, weapons. Because, because I mean, yeah, I mean they they have a young receiving core. They have a good they have a good two headed running back. I believe their defense, uh, their defense is awesome. Is, their defense is really good, and they're about to get Von Miller back, probably or possibly. So, you know, yeah, Seattle got two ones, but it, again, it's all how you spend it, right? You know, if you go and you spend it on a, you know, you use it and you don't get caliber players, then it's yeah. kind of a loss for you. But right now. I guess it's well. Obviously, it's a rebuild in Seattle, and I wonder if Pete Carroll is going to be a part of that, or if this is just, you know, hey, just shut him up for now. We're going to keep him, and then like midway through, because they're not going to do anything this year for sure. Oh, Unless, yeah. And and even if you draft, you know, first, like I said, this year the quarterback class isn't a good quarterback class. Yeah. So um, you either. You know, go and just stock up with defense with young talent, or get you some young people on on the offensive side, and then wish for something next year. I don't know, hope for a, a better quarterback class, which we'll, I think it might be. We'll talk about the domino effect of that in just a bit, with, as it as it pertains to Seattle. But let's talk about the Denver side of things. Like this is where I think Russell Wilson is more like Tom Brady than Aaron Rodgers is like Tom Brady. Like. Russell Wilson loves the competition and wants to like be the best. He want I think I remember him saying like asking him how many Super Bowls he wanted wants to win and I think it was like at the time he's like I want to match like Tom Brady. I want to win like that many Super Bowls. Like I think it right. eats him alive that he lost that Super Bowl to to the Patriots in uh back what was it 2015 and yeah. and he's been on a defensive team with a defensive uh, head coach and now he's going to a team where the guy that's going to coach Nathaniel Hackett, he was the offensive coordinator for Green Bay. And you saw what Aaron Rodgers was doing with that type of playbook and all. So I can just imagine, like, we're finally going to see, like, Russell Wilson, like, really unleash. And he's going to have yeah. act- an actual offensive line to back him up. You always saw him in Seattle. He was always running for his life. Right. True. So I'm super excited for him. I'm super excited for that that whole division. Like, yeah, it's going to be tough, but also, like, Hey man, this is the NFL. Like, if it were me, like, yeah, I would rather, I would rather go to a stacked division, but also go to a team where I know I'm going to have all these weapons to play with. Especially with the, like, if I'm Russell Wilson, like, with the talent that I know that I have, like, yeah, hell yeah, give me that. If it's a, it's a harder road, probably, but definitely worth it. So yep. yeah, definitely Denver is the big winner in this, uh, and I'm super excited for the Broncos this upcoming season. Oh hell yeah, yeah! I think that's uh that's my team um, for this year. So as far as okay, so Colin Coward had this. I wanted to ask you about this because he did like a little pre like Super Bowl bubble of who he had like inside like who he thinks are the Super Bowl contenders, and he had Kansas City, Buffalo, 
Denver now, um, the Rams, and I think the Packers. And like right on the outside of it was New England, Cincinnati. Um, for some reason, he had Dallas. I don't know why. Uh, but I think Joy Taylor laughed him off on that. He's like, why do you have the Cowboys on there? He's like, I don't know. I guess because the NFC is so weak. Uh, Dallas, and I forgot who the other team was. But what do you think of that that bubble of teams right now for for the Super Bowl? Like, are are you putting Denver in that that category already as like an automatic I, I Super am, Bowl contender? I think I told you. I think I I think I texted you saying I might have said that they're my favorites out of the AFC West, uh, possibly the AFC. To I don't know. It's going to be hard. Buffalo so good. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, Robert, but they, they got a, they got a good defense and, and you have Russell Wilson now. Russell Wilson yeah. didn't have much in Seattle and, and was still successful somewhat. But now he's in this Denver system. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think Colin, yeah, I would agree with him. I'm going to see if I can look up, uh, I'm going to see if I can look up, uh, the, the opponents for the Broncos. I, I think the only, the only thing is, is I don't, I would, I would say Cincinnati should be in the bubble, not outside. Kansas City, they're about, they're on a salary. They're, they're way over the salary cap because of the, the Mahomes thing. Are you ready for this? Here are the, here are the opponents for the, for the Broncos. So you got the Jets. That'll, that'll probably be a win. You got the Colts, who don't have a quarterback at the moment. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> it's fucking Jim Mercy. I have some thoughts on that. Anyways, so the Colts, that'll probably be a win. You got the 49ers. Is it going to be Trey Lance? Will they keep Jimmy Garoppolo? Tom Brady? Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's say it's Trey Lance. Right. That's three wins right there. The Texans, right. they'll beat them. That's a win. The yes. Cardinals, eh, the drama between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, a little bit of and in, they, inner drama. Yeah, and they lost uh, two of their best defensive players. So, yes, okay, yeah. I can say that a win. And then you've got the Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers, which they'll play twice. So, uh, I think they'll take, I think they'll go one and one against the Chiefs. Uh, I think they'll take both from the Raiders. Wait, who's the coach at the Las Vegas? Uh, McDaniels, it's uh, right? Josh McDaniels, which I'm now excited for, even though I always shit on the Raiders. But they're getting my boy, one of my boys. I have to see how they're going to do. Um, maybe maybe go one-on-one on that one. And then who's who, what was the last one? You said uh, the Chiefs, it's the Chiefs Raiders, and... and Chargers twice. Oof. Herbert, and then now they just got Khalil Mack. Um, they might go one and one. They could probably split it. So what is that? Thirteen and three, or what? Fourteen and three? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just gave you the 17. home games. Let's go to the road games. So okay. they're also going to be playing the Panthers this year. They'll be oh. they're rebuilding, so that's a win. Yeah, that's a win. The Ravens will be a good test. Yeah, that Ravens will be, will be back. They won't be as injured, we don't think, like the, more than last year. So that'll be competitive. But I like Russell over Lamar, so <laughs> maybe yeah. a win. That'll be a good. That'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. game. Uh, they're playing the Jaguars. We're still uh, rebuilding. Yeah, they're in the rebuild. They're playing the Titans. Oof. They can beat them. 
<laughs> You're really thinking about that one. I mean, if, if Derrick Henry's healthy. Derrick Henry. Come on. Derrick Henry ain't going to mean anything if Russell Wilson's throwing it all over the place. Uh, all right. We'll so see. what? whatever. We'll give just for Derrick Henry's sake, we'll give him that loss. Whatever. So Denver loses that one. They play the Rams. That could be a Super Bowl preview right there. Yeah, that actually could. Man, that'd be a good game. Is that in so? That's in SoFi, right? You're yeah. Away. No, it's gonna be the Super Bowl's. Uh, yeah, it'll be on the road. Um, they're also playing the Seahawks. That'll be the last. Oh, they'll win. They're, they'll beat them. They'll beat them. <laughs> wow, he's not gonna even have to wait that long to go back home. Um, and then the obviously the other ones are the uh, the freaking uh, divisional games. But those are all the opponents right. for the Broncos. So they got a pretty it's... decent schedule. As far as like getting like a good record, so yeah, I I'd see probably what 12, 12 and five. I can see it, but is that going to be enough to be like the number one in the AFC? No, uh, well, I don't know. It's gonna. It, I'm, all I'm saying, is the AFC is going to be incredible to watch this year. Yeah, like that's going to be a whole conference where like. Really, every game's going to matter because you don't want to fall behind, right? Because right. all these games are going to yeah, be hard fought. So NFC, it's easier for because you, you're probably going to have a bunch of shitty teams that get in. Like, whereas the <laughs> AFC will be loaded, it'll probably it'll be the same like this year, but it'll be even worse. Where like every AFC team that gets in is like a strong team, and on the NFC you have like maybe three or four, and then the other three are just like kind of like whatever. Um, so yeah. Denver, man, it's gonna be, they're going to get a lot of TV games this year, so oh, yeah. get ready for that. Especially that Denver-Rams game, whatever that ends up being. That will. And the only, the only reason I stopped there with the Super Bowl bubble is because the next ones that we're going to talk about, eh, it's whatever. So the next trade that happened, folks, is the Indianapolis Colts trading away Carson Wentz after one season, wow. after one, you know, just horrendous loss that just made – Jim Mercer loses shit and said he had enough of Wentz. So he shipped him off to the Washington Commanders. Um, I forgot what the trade value or what the pick swap was for. It, so it was, uh, it was a second round pick and then I think they swapped fourth round picks. So <laughs> now, uh, the Colts pick 42 and then now the Commanders pick 47, uh, which is, I'm a little because. So when they traded for him last year from Philly, he actually like I think they were trying to like limit his snaps uh-huh. because if if he did like if he did like certain you know stuff or whatever or, or you know stats, <coughs> it would turn into a first round pick, in which it did eventually. It turned in so now Philly has their first round pick this year. I don't really care about picks. With... <laughs> picks yeah, are starting but, to become meaningless. But, but my thing is, is like, why? So, why would you trade for him and then just dump him because he had a bad game in Jacksonville? Because that team and was ready to that, go like deep, and like they, that team was on a run for some reason. Like, but they were the, they really were the hot his, team. Was it really his fault though, Robert? Did you watch that? I mean, did you watch that game? He was throwing picks all over the place. Like a chunk, probably like eighty percent of it was his fault. Yeah, you did have that badass running back too, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So uh, here's the Super Bowl odds for the Commanders <laughs> before the Wentz trade: plus six hundred, 
What do you think it went to after that? The same? You want to take a guess? Where did it go? It stayed the same. It stayed the same. 600? Yeah. Um, hey, but as far as the I'm NFC, gonna... but this this is your territory because what does this mean for the NFC East? It doesn't mean a cakewalk for the for the Cowboys because I think Wentz is formidable. Like, it's not that he's a bad quarterback. Like, he's reckless and makes a lot of mistakes, but he was an MVP caliber player not too long ago also. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I, I don't see what, what the problem was with Ty- Taylor. Taylor, Tyler. Yeah, but Taylor, uh, I mean, Carson Wentz is definitely an upgrade from that. Is he? I think I so. Mean, I think mean, I he wasn't that bad this past season. Yeah. He's all right. Well, I mean, I mean, I, like I said, I have nothing against Wentz. I, I, I think he's. I great. mean, I don't know if you're uh, trying to just make a case for your Cowboys, but no, uh, I already told I already told you that the Commanders are going to be NFC East champs. You're calling it already. <laughs> I'm calling it already. I mean, you have, you have time to change your mind, but... Robert. Robert, look what what are we what was I telling you off the air? The Cowboys. They, they're letting go key pieces, key players that can that, that contribute. They're getting rid of them because they're over the cap because they want to keep Dak and they want to keep Zeke for some reason. I don't understand. Can um, I make a? I'm going to make a proclamation uh, here. Um, you, you all have just become so sad that it's like become tiring. Just making fun of y'all. I think I'm retiring. I'm retiring officially from trolling on Cowboys Nation. Like. <laughs> If last season wasn't proof enough of like the ultimate like chef's kiss, like of how I knew the, how the season was going to end for you guys, like it was, it was that 49ers game. <laughs> like, oh, like I just feel so bad for you guys now. Like it's not even worth trolling you all anymore. So I'm saying it now so you can get it on tape and on, on the record. I'm done trolling you guys. So yeah. y'all are free of Palace's wrath. So. It's a good day for Cowboys Nation, hopefully. Maybe I'm the curse and I'm finally breaking it, but we'll see. Maybe. But yeah, man, Wentz to the Commanders. And then the Eagles made the playoffs last year. I mean, they weren't like, I mean, they had a little bit of a a run, kind of. We'll see what they do in right, the draft. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We'll see. Uh, and then Not we'll see what, the what goes on with yeah, you know what's funny is um so there was these there was these reports uh like this past this past week where they were saying that they were gonna try to go for Mitchell Trubisky and I'm like, why? Why are you gonna try to trade for him? He's no better than Daniel Jones. I take um, Trubisky over Daniel Jones. Ah, I wouldn't take either one of them. But Trubisky went to the playoffs. That, twice. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, what the playoffs is I mean getting to the playoffs is something, it's not He's nothing. A bench warmer. It's not nothing though. Uh, he got I, into the playoffs. Has Daniel Jones been to if, the playoffs? No, he hasn't. But if I'm correct, well, no, I don't think Saquon Barkley's. I'm glad you're not. I'm glad you're not a football GM, Abe. Because if you would not take mean, Trub- if you would not take Trubisky, and Trubisky worked with the ball. Don't forget that in Buffalo. Oh, man, I'd rather go and freaking trade for Wentz. I would have rather gotten Wentz. Well, the Giants can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore now. Maybe they can still go for Jimmy. Okay, so let's let's talk about that now. So the domino effect. So Rogers off the market, Wilson off the market, Wentz yeah. off the market. Uh yes. who are the teams that still need quarterbacks? The Colts, the Steelers, Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, the Steelers, uh, Tampa. the Bucks, the Saints, Saint Seattle, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about the quarterbacks who are left out there. Deshaun Watson. Let's start with him. Where do you think he? I think he wants. He's in a win now mode, right? Like he has. He can't go to a shitty team and start over. Because then, if that's the case, and just stay in Houston, but um, where, where do you where do you see him wanting to go? Tampa, because he has the say in it, right? Because he has a no trade clause. Yeah, he has a no trade clause. Okay. It's the same thing as Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had to lift his no trade clause in order for him. Well, he had to agree. Yeah, like he has to approve to, it. To, yeah, he has to approve. They can't just send him wherever he wants, he wants or right. uh, Houston can't just wherever send him they. Wherever. Right. So, um, yeah, I see Tampa. I would love Maybe to see Pittsburgh. Tampa with, with those weapons. Like, I mean, even though yeah. Pittsburgh got some weapons too, but um, think about uh, – you also want to think about the division you're in. Like, Cincinnati's just coming off the Super Bowl. I think they're going to – I think they got something to prove, and I think they'll be formidable. Baltimore will be better. Um, Cleveland, I don't know, depending on what happens with Baker, and their team's still kind of, like, really solid. You look over on the NFC South, like, the Saints are – you know, without Sean Payton now, the Falcons are right. kind of starting to rebuild, and so are the Panthers. So, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm looking at Tampa because you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin there. Come on, um, yeah, and you still have the other two tight ends, uh, Brait and uh, OJ, right? OJ Howard. OJ and I don't know what well, I don't know what's going to happen with Gronk. Nothing's there's been nothing on that end. But imagine if right. Gronk went to like the Broncos or something. Like that. Imagine if, like they just went all in and got people like. <laughs> I don't know how much money they have, but and and you know what, he would be the number one tight end because like like I told you, they traded Noah Fant, which yeah. was their number one tight end. So I mean, hey, that would <laughs> that work out? Yeah. So if 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 Gronkowski goes to Denver, then that for sure. If Gronkowski goes sure. to San Francisco, then we know what's what's up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and then to have him and Kittle, jeez. Uh. But we'll 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 save that for the very very end. That's a that's a tasty nugget. Okay, so Deshaun Watson. So we both think Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Uh, who else is on the market? Jimmy Garoppolo. Colts, right? Seem like the best fit. I would say Colts. Um, uh, yeah, because you got the strong running game. Like you don't have to ask much of him. Like throwing it. Like I think with Jimmy, you want to have like a very strong back. The only the only issue, well, unless they address this in, in the draft, but it would be like a, a true one receiver. But I think yeah, just but yeah, save that for the draft. Too. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. I would I would want to go to the Colts. Their defense is already stacked, and their offense is good with the running back. So yeah, you you're actually you're really just missing that quarterback. So I like because like out of who would be left in that, like say Watson goes off the board, it'd be him, Winston, Trubisky. Um, well, I think I think Trubisky's staying now in Buffalo. Is he? Is that confirmed? Because I still think uh, I think Colin Coward thinks he's going to the Colts for some reason. To the Colts? That's his Ooh. like his feeling, but you know, I, I don't know if yeah. anything new has come out about Trubisky because this was yesterday when Coward was saying that. Okay, well, because I know that I read that the Giants are out of the Trubisky sweepstakes because they uh-huh. the staying put. But I mean, I could I could be wrong. They could just be out of it just yeah. to just stick it with Daniel Jones again. I mean, who knows? Well, I just think of whoever's left. Jimmy G is your best bet for Indy. So, and oh, yeah. then do the Saints just resign Jameis? I mean, that uh... 
that's got to be your best bet is Jameis Winston to sign him again because he really didn't do too bad. But, I mean, they still have Hill, Taysom Hill. I wonder, I mean. I mean, no one's going to be expecting anything out of the Saints. So, really, Jameis doesn't really have a lot of pressure. Yeah, don't don't forget Kamara. I think is I think he's done. I think he got sentenced, right? Or he's going to be doing some jail time for that. Oh yeah, in Vegas. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely so, not in the picture. Yeah, he's not. I think it's like a five year jail sentence or something like that. Tis, and tis, then tis. Uh, that's that's sad. He's a good good player, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, so who you have left is uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas, which he didn't play at all last year. Um, I think it's a perfect spot for Winston. Not a lot of pressure. He can develop there. See if he, see if he is the guy. Like maybe sign him to a prove it deal. I Um, wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it if 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 he does. If the Saints don't sign him, if he goes to Pittsburgh, I could see that also. He kind of he looks like a Pittsburgh Steeler. He could fill out yeah. that uniform pretty good. All right, so, so that that's... leaves Seattle, and that leaves San Francisco Houston. if they're going with Trey Lance. So now we can talk about the elephant in the room, which well, I didn't think hold, we were going on, to. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what, um, what? Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. I, I thought I read somewhere that the Bears are entertaining uh, fields as trade. Like, I think... I think he's uh, for who for available for trade. I'm but just for saying, who? like, I mean, a fields. I mean, yeah, but who are know, the Bears going to get? There's Seattle. nobody. You think the? I mean, unless the Bears go get Deshaun Watson, and there are that. That's a possibility too. That's been that would be the only one I would trade for. But I wouldn't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or Jameis or Trubisky. Uh, I wouldn't trade for Trubisky or Jameis. That's really what I'm saying. Deshaun's things. the only one. So if I'm hearing that, it better just be for Deshaun Watson because anything else would be stupid because we don't know what Justin Fields is going to be at. Just like we don't know what Trey Lance yeah. is going to be at. If Trey Lance. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Like, what do you uh, think? Is there smoke to that or is it just Tom Brady just wants to mess with us all? <laughs> because uh, Bruce Arians already said. And, I don't think he's done. But Bruce Arians said that they it would take like whatever to trade him away. But I know it's not Bruce Arians' decision. But but Brady so, fulfilled okay. his deal there. Okay, so let's let's do hypothetical. So I I I honestly think Brady's gonna. I think he'll play. I just just I think he loves the game too much to just be like, oh, I'm gonna step away. Yeah. Um. What would so what would it cost? To get Brady, like San Fran, of course Trey Lance would have to be I, part of the. I don't part think. Of the deal. I think they would. I think Brady would just ask, "Hey, can you just release me?" He fulfilled his deal. Really? He he extended, and he won them a freaking Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know, Robert. I don't. I don't think they would release him. They like, would owe that you, to him. Like no offense uh, to Tampa, but they owe that to him. I because think they were trying to get something because his deal was actually up, like. This past season, but he extended it so he could play this year for them. Uh, I think. I, I think. I, I think a lot's gonna. Uh, we'll find out more with whatever the Bucks decide to do, whether they go get someone like Deshaun Watson, or if they decide they're gonna go with the young guy that they drafted, Kyle Trask. Um, 
Because we don't, I mean, that's like a guy that was, I think, third on the depth chart behind like Blaine Gabbert, yeah. but we know Blaine Gabbert's not the guy, even though they uh, say like he's either. decent. But um, I think once we find out what Tampa's going to do, then we'll start hearing more from the Brady camp. I don't think he's done, Robert, but I, I don't think it's going to be like two ones, a two, and all that. I think. I, I would trade him for maybe not Trey Lance. Maybe just give me like a third round pick. Or if Jimmy G fourth, ends up or, in, uh, they trade Jimmy Garoppolo for. Or Jimmy for Brady straight up. I mean, with yeah. a, I don't know. I think San Francisco would have to give up something other than Jimmy. I don't know. Maybe like a fifth round pick. I don't know. Fourth round. Picks, picks, picks don't mean anything to me unless it's like a first rounder. Well, who, well, who else are they going to freaking trade, Robert? They're not going to know. They can send. They could be like, send me one of your, send me Debo Samuel or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, I know they won't, but you have. That's like asking for one of the running backs. They don't need Tampa Bay doesn't need running backs. They already have Fournette and. and we don't know what's going to happen Jones. with Fournette. And Giovanni. We don't know what's going to happen with him either. The only one we know for sure is probably Ronald Jones will probably stick around and maybe Keyshawn Vaughn. But the other guys, we don't know. That's why free agency is going to be interesting. Uh, when is it? The 16th? Yeah. The 16th, next Wednesday. So uh, more to come on that. But yeah, man. Um, other couple of little tidbits. You told me today uh, the Chargers are going to trade for Khalil Mack? They did, yes. Khalil um, Mack. We'll see. That's a like Right now he's on a name reputation, but... I mean, he hasn't really been the Khalil Mack that we all know him to be. He's been a little injury prone, little little the Abe Trevino side effect there. But uh, <laughs> but we'll see, man. I mean, if he ends up coming back to form, and like you mentioned with uh, Bosa, uh, yeah. they get that defense rocking, and then Herbert has to the, – the Chargers got to make the playoffs this year. There's like – there's no more excuses, man. They're too – that guy's too talented to not make the playoffs. Right. So it's a make or break year for me. With I know I said I'm on the Herbert train, but if he can't get to the playoffs this year, I'm going to jump off that bandwagon. Yeah, because I mean, hey, you know, Mac Jones almost did it right his rookie year. Mac Jones went to the playoffs. Oh yeah, he did go to the playoffs. That's right, and then they got uh, bounced. So no excuses. Right, yeah. yeah, whatever. He made it to the playoffs as a rookie. Yeah, the only it. rookie, the only rookie that went into the playoffs. So I don't want to hear it from anybody. <laughs> Uh, uh, any other noteworthy? Well, sticking with the Chargers, I think Williams got signed. That Mike Williams, that guy's a, that guy's big man. That guy's huge. Yeah, <clears throat> good for that them. Was, like they need him. That's game. a big weapon yeah. you need. Yeah, they needed him because they were. I think they were going to franchise tag him if anything, but they ended up just signing him. They made yeah. a deal. Uh, Landon Collins got cut by the Commanders uh-huh. uh, to safety. So, so that'll be that's pretty big. Um, oh, Seattle also released the, uh, Bobby Wagner, Card- right? Bobby Wagner, and then the Cardinals released uh, Hicks, which is their inside linebacker, I believe. And I think uh, Chandler Jones is going to be next to get cut. So that's huge. Uh, those those two guys. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with JJ White. I think I think he's still on for one more year. <laughs> yeah, they, that guy is freaking a full guys, but. Nah, he's not a fugaz. He's just like I mean, he's his body has just taken so much of a beating already. 
Oh, and then there's still about the Amari Cooper. Amari uh, Cooper to the Pats, possibly, maybe? Possibly. He's been linked to there, the Jets and the Commanders. Ew. Why would he want to go to the yeah. Jets? <laughs> yeah. Maybe the money. Who knows? Oh, if it's a, People, I don't feel bad for these players if they go if they take the money. So like Rogers, I don't feel sorry for anymore. He had his chance. This was his opportunity. So, so you're saying you know like a Le'Veon Bell where he went for the money and then look what happened to him. He's not even yeah. in the league anymore. Well, look at look at anybody who's gotten the money. Zeke. Yeah. Um, yep. Mahomes. Did Mahomes sign his contract the year they faced the Bucks in the Super Bowl, or was it after? But it was. Let's say it was, if it was before, then he got beat exactly. in the Super Bowl. And not only beat, but he it was got beat down. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It was before. <laughs> it was before. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Before. Once you signed the big contract, I don't know what Matthew Stafford's deal was, but I mean. Uh, I don't remember. I know. I don't think it, it was a, I don't think it was an astronomical number. No. Um, yeah, no. But yeah. Again, oh, also, I don't, I, don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you about, not to forget about Calvin Ridley. He's out again for another year for betting. Uh, we're not talking about that. That's betting, stupid. Betting on NFL games. Stupid. <laughs> but, no, but you know what's funny is that he was, he was the, high, he was like the big name that was like linked to all these teams like Philly, and I think like uh, the Pats, and it was like okay, cool, like we're gonna trade for Calvin, and then he got suspended because he bet. He did some betting. What a dumb. Who cares? <laughs> He's a dummy. Um, yeah, I think that's uh did we cover everything as of right now? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much that's for the right now. That's you that's all that's happened so far. Uh-huh. More to come as we get to the Wednesday opening free agency day. If there's a lot of big stuff, we'll we'll come back and do another episode next week. If it's minor stuff then We'll wait maybe yeah, until the draft. Like draft? Yeah, draft day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're watching the draft. Uh, every time I make plans to watch something at your house, nothing ever falls through. So I guess we'll just play it by ear. We'll play it by ear. Um, I'll play it by ear to watch the draft at Palace. Yeah. And live, a live uh, pod. Either a live pod or like like a post-draft special on the first round and – um, again, if there's a lot of big stuff that comes out of free agency, uh, we'll do an episode next week and we'll cover all of it. But I think yeah, that's sure. gonna, I think it's gonna do it for now. Thanks for yeah. popping on here. Uh, no while problem. we, uh, get all this news to everybody out there. Season two oh, of the and, SF uh, football marks will start soon. Very soon. Uh, and we're getting, we're getting more followers on Twitter. And I, I think we're up to like close to maybe 30 now, maybe. Okay. Not bad. Got to pump those Not numbers bad. up. Yeah, so uh, so uh, we need uh, that, and then uh, of course merch. I'm working on. I'm going to work on the merch. I'm going to get that going. Found a couple of places, so we'll see you there. Uh, had this guy today, and uh, he was a guest watching Batman last night, actually. And he was, uh, he was like, "Hey, I got a podcast show. You know, we talk about like you know movies like this and all that." And he was like, "We should you know, listen to it." And I said, "Hey, well." I actually have a podcast show with a buddy of mine and we talk about sports. So, you know, Hey, if I listen, you got to listen to me, All right. you know, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you know, so hopefully we can do word of mouth and get it out there. Yeah. That's what you call you that, that's, that's networking, Abe. 
Good job. Net, networking, because you and I, we have great shit, man. Like, we give the, the best shit, you know, so this year is going to be better. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's always the goal to get better. So, all right, folks, that'll do it for now. Uh, for Abe, I'm Palace, and we'll hopefully see you next week if there's big news. Yeah, Take it easy, guys. Out.